Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And thank you for joining me for yet another awesome, inspiring women revolution podcast. And as you know, my goal for this portion of the podcast is to share internationally my devotion to creating positive, proactive girls, young ladies and women from all different cultures. So today, my next inspiring woman joining us today has a rather high energy, no boundaries type of job. She is a talent agent at KMR Talent Agency, a mom and an all around amazing woman. Please help me invite Jody Bowman to the podcast. Hi, everybody. Hello out there. I need a, I need a clap track. <laughs> Everybody's clapping. Everyone's we'll clapping. Just think right about now. it. We'll just yes. imagine it. Yes, you know, I kind of think of this like as a, as a show, you know, so I, I can uh, get that awesome feeling of, you know, everyone's cheering us on. <laughs> yeah, well, we hope we have that effect for everybody. Yeah. Let's yes. give them reasons to cheer. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so as I've shared with you, this is my new journey of really creating communities within communities, right? So today I really focus on having women support other women, you know, it's really easy. We see a lot of knocking down these days, right? And really is to collaborate and bring women up and build up as sort of my, my little mantra is build up. And so I, now when I look on social media and I see, you know, so many of my friends go from one thing to another, I'm so thrilled that they're doing so well. And so it's applauding them on. And you are one of those women too. And, you know, it really is, everyone has these behind the scenes jobs that make, that nobody really gets to see, which is why I wanted to bring you on because you do have a, and we'll get into how you got into this business and whatnot later, but you really do have a job that, you know, takes a lot of your energy and takes a lot of balance and also being, you know, supportive towards your, not only your clients, but all your coworkers. Yes, that is true. And I will just start by saying that <clears throat> I think something I've learned in becoming a mom and um, for your listeners out there, I'm actually a single mom doing this as well, you know, polling. <laughs> well, since COVID, since we're working, many of us is sort of hybrid at home and in the office during COVID, everybody got used to being uh, available 24 seven, but it made sense because you got those little pockets of time during the day to be human. But as corporate America returns to in person, working in person in our offices, now we have the double requirements where we're in our offices for our office hours, but then also for those of us who haven't returned there, we still have an expectation that we're going to be available 24 seven. So we've sort of doubled up on a model that was already very difficult with the introduction of email and cell phones and texting, which has been really difficult, I think, for everybody, let alone moms and then let alone single moms as well. So what I have learned recently with that doubling up is that I just need to have the confidence to not just ask, but demand the things I need in order to serve the business um, because the business wants my contribution. And if they want a solid contribution, then they need to provide me with the things I need to serve it successfully. So that's, that's sort of where I am right now. 
and I love that you're, you know, exactly. Right? I'm demanding this. I need this, you know, and I think a lot of the times as women, we, you know, we give so much and we have a harder time. Like we were just talking a little bit off offline is about, you know, oh, you know, you hope that you're doing this great job and you hope that you're being able to provide some sort of support towards others because we always get so, I, I would say insecure. We get some insecurities about ourselves, even though we have these jobs that look like that put us in this front burning, like, wow, you're doing an amazing job. You're an agent. Holy moly. Yeah. I mean, I think as women, we, we've always had this need to prove ourselves, you know, and I hope that is reducing as generations move along, but the shift that's happening or that I hope is happening and that I would like to see happen is for women to recognize their value and not apologize for asking for the things that we need because we do have tremendous value and we do contribute a great deal to whatever it is, our relationships, our homes, our families, our children, our jobs, the industries where we work. We offer massive contributions to the way we nurture, the way we think logically, the way that we're not afraid of in emergency situations, that we just, you know, buckle down and get it done. And there's no reason for us to be apologetic to ask for the things that we need. I think that's a really important shift that's happening, especially in this mid to post pandemic world that we're in right now. We do have different needs right now we're in a totally different world where now we're not as, as social, you know, as we can be because everyone's trying to be careful and really making sure that you have that a, a different type of support in your business, especially as females. Yes. So what got you into the business that you're in and, and sort of what, what was your your journey to becoming an agent? I was a giant theater nerd in high school, um, musical theater nerd. And I decided I would go to college to pursue a degree in my nerdery. And I went to San Diego State and majored in theater performance with a musical theater performance emphasis and worked a little bit professionally in musical theater throughout San Diego and Orange County. But I realized I wasn't going to cut it. I just didn't have the mindset to be successful as an actor. I knew I wasn't going to cut it or at least work at the level that I wanted to in the industry. I am a woman who feels that accountability is one of the most important superpowers that a human and a woman can carry. Um, I have no problem admitting um, if I don't know something or if I am not able to do something or if I need to learn how to do something differently, feedback, accountability, it's all so important. I am not afraid. I always, I, I never want to be the smartest person in the room. So in that, when I realized that I wasn't going to be able to work in the industry at the level that I wanted to as an actor, I thought, okay, how can I still work at that level in the same industry, but find a different path? So I really thought about myself and my strengths and my weaknesses and where I thought I would succeed. And then I just started putting word out to agencies, casting offices, production companies, because I realized I was going to be doing something in the business rather than the performance part. And I didn't know what that was going to be. So I decided to sprinkle myself everywhere, try everything while I was still young enough to do so. 
And I started finding a home in the talent agency world. And from there, you know, I got a little bit of a late start. I didn't work at my first agency until I was maybe 26 years old. Started as an assistant, very quickly worked my way into a junior agent position. This was actually in an L.A talent agency that had a devoted theater department. So when Glee and Smash and musical theater started to come about on television, I realized I couldn't just do theater anymore, that I needed to improve myself, branch out, think bigger in the industry, because all of a sudden we started seeing musical theater performers on television. And I knew I needed to start working in television and film. So I said, okay, I know how to do theater really, really well. Now I need to learn something different. That's okay if I'm, you know, 34 years old, it's never too late to start. Yep. <laughs> and I learned a completely new side of the industry. It's it, it was very much like being great at baseball, but deciding you're going to play football instead. You understand the concept of sports. You understand how to throw and catch a ball. But all of the rules, players and the coaches and owners are all different people. So it was like a, a giant career shift um, after I had been doing the same thing for you know, several years. And then slowly started to shift and TV film became my priority. And with theater still as a passion, I'm still very good at it. And it's very much a part of my daily business. But uh, that's how I ended up where I am today. Amazing. You know, you said something in the very beginning there about, you know, trying everything at the age that you were at when you were coming into this business. You know, what do you think about trying everything at this age? And trying something new at this age. Right? Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, I'm sure there is a, an unreasonable amount of age discrimination out there, but <laughs> you can only do the things that you have control over. You can't control other people's, you know, age discrimination or, or feeling like it might be too late. You can only do what you want to do. So you have to go do it if you want to go do it. You know, this isn't a dress rehearsal. We only have a certain amount of time on this planet to enjoy this gift. And, you know, I don't care if you're 25 or 65 or 75. If you want to go out there and do something, just go and do it. Someone will find a home for you if you're meant to be doing that. If you've started on a path and it feels unattainable, I think I move back to that accountability space and think, you know, just because you want to do something doesn't mean you're going to be successful at it. And I think that that is actually something that oppresses women. It's, it's, it's not saying don't have big dreams or don't go after the things that you want. But as I mentioned before, you have to have accountability and also, yes, be motivated and tenacious within those dreams and goals, but have accountability too so that you can dream big, but have realistic approaches to how you're going to accomplish those dreams, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. I was actually going to you know, throw that a realistic goals. Yes, there are those big dream goals. And, and I think too, what's interesting is when you start creating these goals and you start going on that journey, I mean, the hardest part, I think for people, for, for women, especially is to sit down and write your goals down, especially when you're in your thirties and you're, if you've married and you have kids or, 
or, or not, or you have just kids, um, you know, depending on your divorce, wherever you are in your life, your life is complicated, gets more complicated as you get older and sitting down and deciding where you want to be and where you want to go and to find your happiness. It takes time it just to time. even draw that out. Yeah. And it takes planning too, especially if you're a person who has all of the ideas sort of floating like glitter all around your head all of the time, but you're having trouble taking those little specks out of the air and putting them down on a paper with glue and making a shape out of it. Um, I actually teach a business of acting class at several universities and city colleges. And um, I have this sort of tiered model that I teach that in that case applies to actors, but I think it can apply, it can apply to anybody, which is, you know, um, you've got to have your base level survival. And then that to me is having a primary income, taking care of yourself, taking care of your family, um, making sure that you're living in a space that makes you joyful. Um, and then the second tier would be development. If there's something new that you want to do, go out there and and think of the things that you have to do to get started. If I'll speak from the actor side, because that's what I know, that means, you know, getting in class, getting headshots, getting yourself up on all of the actor casting websites, you know, that can apply to really any industry. What do you need to get started? If you want to go to culinary school, um, you know, you've got to get your set of knives. You have to, you know, think what style or, you know, what cuisine you want to you know, tackle, whatever it is, you have to have that development tier. And then when you complete that development tier, you move into um, what I call the accountability tier, which is you do things, you pursue things within your control. You go to culinary school, you, or if you're an actor, you start um, submitting to agents to see if you can find an agent, things within your control. Now, if then you move into that third tier, uh, which is achieving some of those goals. So let's say you've got your survival income, your family's good to go, you want to be a chef, you've applied to culinary school, you've gotten in, you have everything you need, you're done, and now you start applying for jobs everywhere, but nobody is responding to you you need to step back down a tier and take a good look at yourself and say, okay, maybe my materials, you know, my resume isn't solid. Maybe I need better referrals. Maybe I need a cool internship. Maybe I need something different so that I'm valuable to be able to start achieving goals that are in that next tier up. And then that final tier at the top is dreams, you know, and that means something different to everybody. If you're an actor, it could mean red carpets and gifting suites and driving a Maserati, or it could be something as easy as just make, well, not easy, <laughs> something, yeah. something like having acting be your primary income and your source of retirement and health insurance. You know, it means something different. But if, if you're someone out there who wants to try something new, no matter what age you are, taking, like I said, those little bits of glitter out of the air and starting to glue them into shape on a piece of paper is crucial. And, you know, hopefully that little, you know, tiered strategy can, can help you out a little bit with that. That's a great perspective. Uh, it's, it's something that I say a lot is, you know, we could be saying the same thing, but when you approach it in those different lights, someone goes, oh, 
that's what I'm missing. You know, you just hear things differently. And it's, it's, it's again, especially if you're a parent, I'm like, uh, how old is your son now? <laughs> With all the glitter and the, uh, you know, it's great to make those, those kid analogies because they really, they actually really help us grow. It's something I say to my daughter all the time about how she makes me a better, a better woman. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And boy, do kids bring perspective <laughs> to okay. one's life. Yes. Mine, mine is six years old now, if you can believe that. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, you know, I, I deal I deal with daily stress, too. You know, this morning yeah. I was getting out the door and getting into my office because, you know, we're back in sort of this hybrid, you know, business model now. And I got a call from his school that, you know, he got hurt at PE. So now it's, you know, okay, well, now I just need to put my work life on hold to take the time to talk to the school nurse to see if he's okay and everything. And that used to bring me pre pandemic, I would say it would bring me tremendous anxiety to take the time to handle that situation and to give that my energy because I would have this feeling like, oh no, the guys in my office are all going to be there on time and they're not going to have a reason that they're late because they're not dealing with their kids and they're not single parents and their wives or girlfriends are dealing with the kids and everything. And I would just start feeling terrible or less than, or that I had to make up excuses or apologize. And <laughs> just don't do yeah. that anymore. I'm like, y'all see you in a half hour. I'm, you know, what made you switch? What made what in your mindset changed? Nobody wants that sort of buffer to include such a tragic loss of life and, you know, economic disaster as COVID, you know, did and the way it hit us. But it did offer that buffer of prioritizing and reprioritizing and, and, you know, having a lot of time to think about what I contribute and my value as a as a human but also as a worker within my industry and, and like I said at the beginning I just don't want to apologize for being human anymore last week I caught a terrible cold it was COVID negative but I caught a terrible cold and I was out of the office for four days which pre-pandemic wow. would have just disrupted my life and created so much anxiety I'm gonna get behind I'm you know my colleagues are all at the office and I'm not so I'm just gonna you know burn through it and go to the office, even though I feel terrible, and I'm just not going to do it anymore. I'm better off resting and working from home than I am feeling miserable sitting at my desk spreading my germs to all of my colleagues, you know. It's that reprioritization of deciding how you are going to be the best you. And in those circumstances, I am going to be the best me if I make sure that my child is happy and healthy and back in class so that I'm not stressing about it while I'm on the freeway trying right. to not get in an accident or harm others because I'm stressed and anxious and racing to the office or that I'm not going to prolong my, you know, this cold or this sickness or spread it to others because I feel like I need to be in the office. <laughs> it's how am I going to get through each circumstance that's actually going to benefit the people around me and no longer apologizing that somebody else's perspective of what's better isn't my perspective of what's better because I know me, I know what's going to move me along, conquer that situation and get me back and up and running more quickly. I love hearing that too because you know you're you're prioritizing and just really 
kind of breaking it down to layman's terms is you're taking care of you first. And if we don't take care of ourselves first, how can we expect to take care of anything else? Absolutely. And I think that we tried to do that for many decades and centuries before this pandemic hit. But now we've sort of been given this buffer you know, we all human men as mm-hmm. well, you know, mm-hmm. y'all call in sick if you're sick. Right. You know, we've all been sort of given permission to embrace, you know, self-care so that we can be stronger contributors to the world around us. I know our listeners really listen to those words because it really, I think COVID has done us in a way a, a more positive than a negative because listening to you about how you've you know prioritized your life and start really going wait I need to take care of me because then I can create this amazing community around me being your business or your friends and your family and I think it has done the same for me and I and I will say that I made a point to use the correct language when I said embrace and not indulge because as competitive women, we do still need to hold ourselves to a high standard of productivity. I'm not going to lie there. You know, it's not like I can just say, well, I'm tired today or I need a me day or, you know, I'm just going to leave the office early because I need to focus on my own mental health. You know, you have those moments, but you don't get to have them all day, every single day. It's finding that balance of embracing without overindulging because we are still in a competitive world and you know we do still need to hold ourselves to a high standard of productivity and i i'm not backtracking on what i said but i am also presenting that that is a challenge that you know i think everyone is faced with it's a highly competitive world out there so finding the balance of of self-care and being able to contribute to the world around of you while still, you know, main keeping your head above sand and, and being aware. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I think that's, it's definitely an important thing to teach. You know, I kind of wanted to jump back about, you know, you're, you're teaching these classes and, you know, giving back in that certain way. What, what brought you into the teaching realm? Well, I actually thought I was going to be a teacher when I was in college before I decided to jump into the business and settle into the business. I thought I was going to earn my master's degree, um, possibly a doctorate, maybe create a really solid theater acting program at a smaller university somewhere. That was my my original plan, but then I just got sucked in. But academic or academia has always been a passion of mine and educating, super fulfilling. You know, back in the Normandies when I was in college, a lot of universities didn't offer any sort of business perspective. It was all very text-based, academic scripts and scores and history and performance and performance art. But once, you know, we graduated, it was like, what now? And we didn't have any sort of guidance. And that wasn't specific to my wonderful university. That was really everywhere. And so as I learned more about the industry, I said, you know what, I'm going to start developing relationships with, you know, deans and department heads and universities to help these students have some guidance because so many talented actors and performers would 
fall out of the industry after graduating and spending all of that money on their education for no other reason that they didn't know what the next step was. Mm -hmm. So teaching, you know, business strategy classes for actors and, and getting that glitter out of the air and on paper, I, I think has hopefully made a difference and saved, um, you know, and allowed some wonderful performers and artists to move into the industry who otherwise may have fallen out. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, and you know, and, and there are ways to, don't you think, to be able to go after your passion to degree, certain degrees, you know, levels of, of um, doing what you love to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and I'm sure, you know, you, you know this as well. You know, the caveat is when you make your passion also your <laughs> primary income or your livelihood, you're going to see challenges that may move the passion from being a passion into being, you know, could be a source of stress or anxiety or, you know, um, you start seeing the, the cracks or, you know, the difficult parts of that passion or that, you know, hobby, vocation, whatever it is you want to call it. So, you know, there are challenges there, but if you are passionate enough, you figure out a way to move past it and still see those positive moments. For me, I could have a really hard day where I just feel like nothing I'm doing is moving anywhere. Um, my colleagues are all on fire and I'm just like in a, in a two or three day slump. And then all of a sudden you get that call because something that you did a week ago or two weeks ago is now going to change somebody's life because you promoted them for that job and they went in and they nailed it and you didn't hear anything. And then two weeks later, you find out they're getting a huge film or getting a series or, you know, getting that lead in that Broadway show and you get to make that phone call. And it's just the most incredible phone call to be able to, to make. So, um, you know, so you have those challenges, but if you keep your eye on the prize, those winning moments come in and remind you why you do it. It is a great feeling to be able to present wonderful news to one, something that you've been doing, working so hard for. And, and this, this goes for any job and what anybody wants to do and be able to present that all that hard work that it's, you know, it works and it's paying off and you are good at what you do. And I feel like too, you know, try, I'm, I'm one of those people too. Like when you, you know, went back to try everything is try everything. Absolutely. You're going to learn so much about yourself too. If you try everything, you're going to have a new perspective on your likes and dislikes and yeah, absolutely. If you have the blessing to have the capacity to try a lot of things, go try a lot of things. It's so much fun. Did you have someone in your life as you were growing up and headed toward this direction? I was a, I was a, really a nerd in high school. I had my my friend group, but I was a nerd and and I, you know nerds are awesome. They think outside the box. I thank you. <laughs> yes, I, I think so. But you know, I I had some lonely lunches and um, I do remember you know those those teachers who you know would be like, well, come in and come hang out with me in my classroom during lunch and just sit and talk about life. And, you know, the, there were those women and then there were the, you know, professors in college that saw a spark because I was a little weird in college too. I was an observer um, more than a participant. And, you know, but you'd always have like that one 
one person who would see something in you and be like, come on, let's go out to lunch. We need to talk about what you want to do for a living. You know, at San Diego State, that would be like CJ Keith or Paula Collusion. Or, um, you know, when I was in junior college, I had um, Carmen Cortez Dominguez. who was one of my musical theater professors and she was just so wonderful and so supportive. Um, but, you know, it, I would gravitate towards powerful women throughout my career. When I lived in New York and was working in a casting office, I had a wonderful mentor named, well, she is still named Harriet Bass, who taught me so much about the industry and then moved into an agency and worked for Victoria Morris, who basically taught me everything I needed to know as an agent to like really get started. And the accountability factor really came from her. And she was the first person to ever ask me, well, could you have done that differently? And I remember <laughs> the first time she asked me that, although I'm not sure it was as kind as I just phrased it, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. And stopping, and she said, Well, you should probably get on the phone and apologize. And I was like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, God. I don't Stomach understand. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think like being a young woman, we're always taught that we just need to execute and be perfect all the time in order to move ahead. That I was like, oh, you can, I mean, it's better not to, but you can actually make human error. So now you go and you fix it and you have accountability and then people trust you more what <laughs> what, mm -hmm. a what a concept <laughs> so yeah 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 so uh, yeah so I, it's just throughout my life you know you find those women that are special and that see see something different in you and and you know not in a creepy creepy way but you know snag on to them and and then as you become older become that person yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and really becoming that person and inspiring others, of course, as I always try to, I guess I keep reminding people in this, uh, this podcast, but it is so truly important because we need repetition as humans on a daily basis to remind us, you know, how to just con continually inspire yourself. What makes you on a daily basis be inspired to inspire others, yeah. especially when you're in a, and you're, when you're in a successful position in life. I find it so important to give back. I hate to say energy because I feel like it's such like a <laughs> guru. -y. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I, and, and maintaining that in your mind and making someone smile during the day or, you know, I, I try to give everyone a challenge on these and it's always like, try to make someone smile. This, I know it's hard when you got a mask on, but you know what I do now is I wave. Oh, so That's I always so used nice. to smile. Yes. Yes. So you make eye contact. I think it's the strangest thing if you make eye contact with someone and you don't do anything or don't say anything. I think it's so odd. I'm like, aren't we? We're humans. We're on this earth. We're all trying to do the same thing. And so I just wave instead. Um, yes. It took me a while to figure that one out because I'm like, oh, they can't see me smiling. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's just it's a great challenge to just wave to somebody. And, you know, sometimes people are taken aback. I know you. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's, that's it. That's all it takes. You make mm -hmm. eye contact with someone parking and you wave. It's just, it really shifts the energy in, in any situation because we are in such stressful times right now. And you see, yeah. I see so many stressed people right now. And so I'm like, I've got to wave. If I can do anything on this planet when, you know, before I die, it's waving to people at least. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I love it. I think I'm going to go wave to somebody today when I'm going to yes. get my coffee. Yes, it's perfect. I like it. I love it. I love it. Well, 
Jody, you gave some amazing advice today. And I, I really hope that, you know, that one person goes, wow, you know, I, I really heard what she said today. And it's all it takes. It's one, two, three, seven people that you shift in the world. It is, you're, it's doing something important. I really do appreciate it. I do have one more question for you, though, because I, I always really like asking this one. If you had one piece of advice for... I always look at the age range between sort of 18 and 25 is a really tough time for, for, for young women to kind of push themselves into where they want to go. Do you have any, any, any words of wisdom that you haven't said yet that you could share with them? Oh gosh, that I haven't said yet because I would honestly <laughs> just sound like a broken record and say, ladies, accountability, accountability, accountability. Do not be afraid <laughs> to, to see what you don't know and to apologize when you've made an error. That is probably the wisest advice I can give to young women starting out. I would say try to avoid using confidence as a mask over the things that you don't know where you still need to learn uh you know ask for help um, yes and and keep learning and don't don't put up a, fa a facade that you know more than you don't um slow and steady wins the race you know my my son was reading tortoise and the hare the other day and i yes. was like that just so hits home because as young women you know we just want to go out of school with a bang and get that six-figure salary go and be at the table and you know all of those things that's great yes do that but you're going to gain the respect of your older and respected colleagues if you work with them and not at them i think that's beautiful stage advice and i also think that continues on for all of us as we get older, mm -hmm. have to shift jobs or in an industry, in whatever industry. And I know particularly mine that is constantly shifting in different directions. I have to go, okay, I guess I got to go in this direction and figure out how I'm going to do things now yeah. and be open to it and ask questions and ask you for help and ask you to be part of things to help, you know, uh, us grow together as women and also to help me build this beautiful, inspiring women revolution that I want to build so badly. I yeah. I love it and I'm and I'm so honored that you asked me to contribute and I actually love what I just said too when I said work with them and not at them I'm like oh, yes write that down one of it that Everybody, way I write that down <laughs> like this afternoon yes. with my colleagues so but yeah <laughs> exactly but yeah oh, this is a wonderful you. thing you're doing thank you so much uh, I really appreciate your time. I listen. Uh, I appreciate all of our listeners' time. Thank you so much. If you have any questions for me, please email me at info at alohalifecoaching.com. Any questions for Jody? I'll send them her way, and she'll give you an answer. Uh, thank you again, and I'll hear. I'll see y'all. Well, you'll hear me all. No, you will hear me next week. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you, Jody. Bye. Thank you for having me. Bye, everyone.